0: life liberty and the pursuit of fine cigars with your hosts Anna Abe and Adam K the brewmeister listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kma I like the smoke my
1: My big cigar. My cigar. Loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf. Welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio live on the Bookface thing. Uh, I am Adam K the Brewmeister. Welcome to this lovely rainy Saturday in Florida. Hopefully it's dry wherever you are across the nation. Uh, with me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, a man who needs very little introduction, Mr. Honest Abe.
0: Good morning.
1: And live from New York in his mother-in-law's basement, it's Paul DeGracco! No. Uh, No, because I'll never get to host Saturday Night Live. There are very few things in life I enjoy. Saturday Night Live is one of them. This is one of those things. Don't take it away from me. They've already taken so much away from me because of this stupid pandemic, Okay.
0: I'm, I, I'm trying to avoid talking about any interviews anymore we missed we we missed you uh Thursday night Paul everybody everybody seems to everybody seemed to have gotten a kick of me getting a buzz during the show
1: yeah I heard you had a couple bloody Mary's huh I heard you had a couple bloody Mary's
0: uh maybe four
1: huh
0: maybe four. No, oh, I, I got buzzed. I didn't get like stupid wasted. Uh, they're saying they can't hear you, Paul. I don't know. I can't tell. I'm not. I don't have sound to show. Not to mention
1: there's a delay. Well, well I'm just gonna I, say once again. I'm still waiting for your recipe for sauce, Paul, because you keep saying sauce takes an all day thing, and I want to hear that. Get the recipe for this.
0: That sounds like a subtle invitation. Like, uh, like, uh, he's looking for a request to be invited, Paul.
1: I just want the recipe, okay? Listen, I like making, re- I like making, uh, new things. I like trying new things. I made a Korean pork, uh,
2: street tacos last week. Yeah, I think I can resume the broadcast. I think we're resumed. Yeah, we are. We're on the same feed, everything. So. I mean, go- there Apparently go. we're back now,
1: um, thanks to uh, Paul's wonderful work of doing stuff with computers and technology.
2: Um, yeah, we're back on. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely back on. Uh, so yeah, live from his mother's basement, hopefully everybody can hear Paul DeGracco now.
2: My mother-in-law's basement, my mom doesn't have a Sorry, yeah, basement.
1: mother-in-law's basement, yeah. Yeah. And of course with me, Mr. Honest Abe, enjoying a 702 Davidoff this morning.
0: Yes, it's one of my go-to cigars. Actually, I want to talk about the event we had uh, Thursday night. We did was... ever our our first uh, virtual cigar event. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty good. I mean, it was uh, it was. I mean, you know, it was it was a neat concept, and I, we did it in a way where it was kind of cool because there were packages that were made just for the event that went live for the during the event. So it was kind of like a like a store event, not just a Zoom chat. But we had a good two and a half uh, hours. Coop was on; it was great. We had a good—I uh, think it was a little over two, two and a half hours with Steve on Thursday night. But uh, we'll be looking to do that again. It was a lot of fun.
2: And you mm-hmm. sold out of the what is it? Pulpettas? Is that the name of well,
0: it? No, we actually we we need. You know, it's funny because when we're we're trying to figure out, you, you know, he he only wants the pulpettas given out in deals, <laughs> so you can't sell them and whatever. So, you know, when when he wanted to. um Send us the bopettas. I'm like, D- you guys send me like triple that. <laughs> and he said, he, he sent me triple that. And I, said, I said, Look, I promise if we don't go through them, I'll send them back. And um, <laughs> I, he had to ship us over double that original amount. Wow. Yesterday, so we can fulfill the orders. Yeah. yeah. No, it was, it was a really good event. In fact, we got a big one coming up July 30th, which I was actually up all night because. Doing Steve's event was a learning curve and how we compit the packages together. I did it. I finished the whole job. I, I stayed up through the night. I got in one of my work grooves and um, we got all the packages left. But we're having on July 30th the release, the national launch of the new Dogma Sungrown, which um, I got to admit, that, was, that might be my favorite cigar from Jewish State. You've had right. it already? Yes, I have. Lucky. If you were on the book face, you'd know.
1: Once again, yep. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I posted <laughs> pictures of it. They Another reason
0: couple, they gave us a couple extra. I gave them to the staff that were worthy. Oh, yeah, burn. Mm. <laughs> we don't I, actually. Honestly, Adam doesn't get. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a, like a hardcore sun grown guy. <laughs> I mean, I like it, but it's not, it's not a rap right chase down and. I was such a big fan of the Dogma. I was like, all right, the box looks cool, the packaging looks cool, but I I wasn't like you know all pumped up. But this car ended up being like awesome, awesome. So yeah, well we're gonna have a big release. Jonathan Drews coming on, all the team from Drew Estate. Oh cool. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, Thursday, July thirtieth, seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and um, I really concocted some pretty cool packages. Mm. And, and we're raffling off some like wild stuff. We got a Drew Estate barbecue grill. We got a boom box. We got these, this red katana, like everybody's going nuts for the samurai sword. It's like pretty an cool. actual
2: samurai sword.
0: Oh yeah. I'll have somebody. Oh, yeah. I yeah, have somebody bring it. It's It's, it's, it's awesome. Is it under lock and key
2: right now? So Adam doesn't get his hold on it. Why, why is it me that would get a hold on it? Why would I ever touch a sword? No offense, but I wouldn't have any weapons out in the open while you're around.
0: Showcase? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, yeah. I thought I was on mute. Nope. No. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, I thought i had put it on mute while I told him. But, no, it's it's in the showcase, man. We're not leaving that thing out. There. Someone will grab that and run right out the door. Yeah, exactly. Oh, hell yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was fun. And, and I tell you what, I mean – I really never really thought these virtual cigar events is a selling event right I mean how do you sell something when you're not touching it or you're not there right it it it, it, uh, it, it was successful so I think that's going to be like uh uh you know for the par for the rest of at least twenty twenty
2: and there were some cool packages too I mean he there were some packages that included unicorns right that you had
0: we made the packages well that was the hardest part see we had a new e-marketing guy that we kind of wanted him to do it and he really didn't do it Then i made the horrendous mistake of trying to have adam clean up his mess and that didn't work out so then we ended up staying here me and my operations guy till about 11 p.m one night cleaned it all up and we learned a few things it, 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 listen i got i will say there was 24 packages and only one didn't sell at all really yeah only one didn't sell at all thank you was it
2: the really big one no, it was one of the middle ones. Oh, one really? 15, yeah, one of the 15 packs. No, the big one was gone. The two top free... ones had a lot of stuff in it. Like, there was a really great value for them. I was looking at them the other yeah.
0: day. I mean, look, the the, the, the the biggest package had a free unicorn, which, you know, is this $100 cigar. Yeah. So if you're going to smoke a $100 cigar, that's how to do it. for when yeah. you get it for free. Look at this thing. Hang on. You can take it back.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Do you see this? And this is not like a flimsy replica. This is like, uh, yeah. This man. is a real, and it comes with an awesome dojo, Jewish state stand, you know, and it's got some real intricate stuff. It's got, I don't know if I can get this on camera.
2: Yeah, but we it's can got see it. The,
0: yeah, yeah. The, do- the dojo. Embedded in, the, in, this, in this casing. But yeah, this is.
2: Wow. Mr. Master Sensei doesn't mess around, dude. Oh, yeah, kind of.
0: What do you think?
2: That's sword. pretty good.
1: That's a pretty good pose right there.
0: Thank you, bro.
1: <laughs> I, <there's>, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> it's it's heavy. It's heavy too. It's a real heavy. You know, it's not like a flimsy replica. It's it's a wow. hunzo sword. It's made in Japan. There we Adam. go. Adam. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Kill Bill. Thank you very much. Oh. It's yeah. It's, uh, it's a hunzo. Paul, Paul thought it was like a real brand name.
2: No, I've seen Kill Bill, and I'll tell you what. It is. It is one of don't my least first favorite, favorite
0: of his.
2: Don't.
1: I really I don't. The name I, of Quentin it's, Tarantino. No, it's, no, besmirching the name of Quentin Tarantino.
0: No. If, if I had say, you say that's your least favorite of his.
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay, so let me ask him, Do you consider Dust Till Dawn a Tarantino or a Rodriguez movie? Ooh.
2: Ooh. I don't think I saw that one. You never saw Dust Till Dawn? No. Dude. Are you kidding me?
0: You're unworthy of being on this show. <laughs> Honestly. Go, go find a Broadway. A go find I'm a Broadway. So a Seriously.
1: Harvey Weinstein. I mean, Harvey.
2: Harvey Keitel. Keitel. Sorry, Jesus. There's a big difference between Harvey Keitel and Harvey Weinstein. Very much so. I apologize. Sorry. Was <laughs> here.
0: But yeah, yeah, that might be my least favorite. But I don't know if you can really say it's a Tarantino. Because they each like directed half. Do yeah. you think that 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 Kill Bill is that great of a movie, Abe? Um, I wouldn't say it was my least favorite, but yeah, Kill Bill is a really enjoyable movie. What didn't you What didn't you not like about it?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It's, it was a really long time ago that I saw it when it came out. I saw it in the theaters, and I remember walking out. I'm like, eh, I want my 14 bucks back. I'll watch it when it, I would have rather watched it at home. Maybe I would have appreciated it more.
0: Well, but because it, I, I know why, because you're one of those instant gratification weirdos. It was because it was to be continued.
2: Well, that was one of my biggest issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah there, that that
0: <laughs> scoured it for you.
2: Oh,
1: but I walked out going with, to be continued. Like, how long do I have to wait? Please. No, I
2: don't wait like to rest. be
0: continued be theaters. No way. But, you know, that's, yeah, that, that's never. I never, never. A or fan it's of
2: like that. at the end of a se- at the end of a season of a TV show where they don't give you any kind of like closure, closure. Mm. and then like, they make you wait a year to see like, the next damn like show.
0: Geeky fucking blinder. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly.
0: Dude, and then it was going to be that,
2: fifteen months before they came out with the with the months, next one, right?
0: Fifteen months. It was twenty-three months between the the last season and the season before. That's awesome. You know, I mean, and, and what really upset me is Peaky Blinders, which I'm a huge fan of up until this last season. Anybody who's watching Peaky Blinders who haven't seen it yet, stop at season four. Just trust me. Uncle Abe, Honest Abe here, is doing you the favor, telling you. <laughs> I, I know you're going to be tempted. I know when season four is over, you like, oh, let me just watch that first episode. No. Stop at season four. It's, it's got perfect closure. Everything is nice, got a nice setting with a glimpse of what may be on the horizon in the future. And then season five, it like dead stops in the middle of turmoil. Do so you think the that they?
2: Do you think that season four was a potential end for them? They didn't have a deal yet, so they made it sure there was some been. kind of
0: closure? No, because I'm going to tell you why, Paul. Every season ended like that. Oh, okay. Mm. 1 through 4 ended with a resolution of the current turmoil with maybe a glimpse of something in the future. Right. Which is the way it should end if you're going to take over a year and a half in between episodes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but, that's uh, just yeah. the HBO way. <laughs> yeah. But,
2: but that's also why kind of they thing. left The Sopranos the way they left it, I think.
1: Uh, yeah. Don't get into that.
0: Yeah, but, that's an argument.
1: But Okay, but what are you currently watching, Abe, that's on your hot list of things you're currently watching?
0: Ooh. Well, I I I I just got suckered. I don't know if COVID did, had something to do with whatever, but I um I was uh, I just like watched like in one week all five seasons of Billions. <laughs> well,
2: okay. I heard that was really good. That's that's it's on my to watch really,
0: list. It's really good, but then again, it it the season didn't end. They just. Like, there was 12 episodes every season, and then ex- after season seven, it says billions will be back, and that was it. So I think maybe COVID interrupted. I don't know what happened, you know, but they just stopped at seven and not like, oh, next season. It just like in the middle of what was going on. It was weird. Mm-hmm. I'm I, didn't up, I didn't read oh. up on why they did that, but I'm sure it was something weird.
2: I'm re-watching Parks and Rec, and I keep thinking of Adam every night when I watch an episode. Nice. that's one of his favorite shows ever. Nice.
0: He always wears his little Sebastian shirt. What what are you watching? The Disney Channel?
2: Who, me? Yeah. No, I'm rewatching Parks and Rec right now, but but like sporadically. You know, I only have the only time I have to watch TV now is at like ten thirty when the kids are both in bed, my wife goes to bed and you know, unless we're watching
0: Disney Channel, because I remember that age when the Disney Channel like on 24-7.
2: Well, now everything's streaming, so we very rarely put on regular TV Uh for the kids. So we either watch Blippi on YouTube or Disney Plus or or, or Coco Melon on Netflix. I mean, there's all these horrific children's shows. But you're so lucky you didn't have to deal with Blippi, by the way. Blippi's this this guy that's kind of like the modern-day Pee Wee Herman, but but not as fun.
0: Listen, we all had weird shows, no matter Mm -hmm. when you have kids. What was that show that took off? I mean, it was like the hottest show, and it was basically like everybody looked like they were tripping on ass. It, it, the guy wore an orange jumpsuit. My wife would know this right off the top of my head. Oh, gabba gabba hey. hey. no. What was it? I'm just thinking of children's shows. Gabba oh, gabba hey, go gabba gabba something like that. Go, go gabba gabba. I think it was go gabba like gabba. Yeah. That. And they would have guest stars like Jack Black would be on the show. Whoa, what? they're
2: doing this Sesame oh. Street model.
0: Oh, let me tell you something. Yo Gabba Gabba episode with Jack Black is like one of my favorites. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like this dude in, in 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 like orange spandex would come on and he'd have all these little little figurines in front of him and then he's like he'd interact with them and it would like it's like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood like you. Yo, I think it was yo. How did you know Yo Gabba Gabba?
2: Uh, I don't know. I, I had cousins that were into that when when they were when they were younger. But man, kid, children's TV, it's weird because it's a lot of it's on YouTube. And, and this yeah. guy, this guy, guy yeah. is that what it was?
0: Yeah. yeah it was, it was, that's the dude. They got it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's it. I, I remember. What's with the hat?
0: That's what he wore.
2: Yeah, he was he was a, a colorful fellow. it was it was a weird show too though the characters and the puppets and they're all weird shows they're
0: all weird as heck man and then and then you start getting used to the weirdness yep have you gotten to that point like where your kids shows like yeah like like, sometimes sometimes Axel will walk out getting into it
2: yeah sometimes axel will walk out and blippy will be on i remember we were at my father-in-law's house on our way up to new york when we were driving and axel like walked outside with the dogs and I was sitting in the living room with the with the sound system on, blasting Blippy. My father in law walks in with a cup of coffee. He goes, What the hell are you doing? What is this? I'm like, oh. Sorry, he was just about to, to show us how an ice cream truck works. I just got suckered into it. He was like, uh
0: Blippy, Barney, the Canadians. Who are the Canadian guys called again?
2: The Canadian guys. I know the Poor Australian dude. That's Australian. With
0: oh, the Australian, all right. The Wiggles.
2: The now, there's a, now there's a new group. There's one original Wiggle. We saw them in concert. His name's Anthony. And then the rest are, are new people. And one of them is a girl that's pretty hot. She's a redheaded, na- She's a red-headed girl named Emma.
0: So is Adam she Lee a wiggle?
2: No, they still call her a Wiggle. Emma Wiggle, oh. her name is. She was that's married cool. to one of the others. She was married to the Purple Wiggle. Then they got divorced, and they still have to tour together and do the show together. It's
0: a little awkward. No. Yeah. A little
2: awkward. Wow. Uh, to, to give you an idea of her hotness, she is a ballerina by trade. She was a professionally Are you, trained. Ballerina. Now you're
0: gonna have me Google Emma Wiggle.
2: Yeah, <laughs> look her up, man. She's hot. We got to see her in person. She was like five feet away from me. I was my, my Axel's like looking at me like, calm down. Right. I was like
0: Emma. So, so, so here's 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 a, here's a good question. I can't read the comments because I'm on the phone, but I typed in Emma. Guess who's the first Emma that came up? In Emma Watson. Auto? Pretty yeah. good, Paul.
2: Yeah, she's the most popular Emma right now.
0: Emma Wiggle, I don't know. If Emma Wiggle net worth? I'm almost.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. She's she's worth about ten million, I think. She's,
0: what? She's cute.
2: Now, for dude, for that show, that's that's the highlight of that show. I'm telling you.
0: Uh, she's cute, Paul. Cute. She's not. You know. I mean. Uh, I'll put a picture cute. of her up. I got a picture of her. She's cute.
2: No, but I'll put it up for the audience to see, so they know. I'm sure not all of our audience knows who the wiggle, or you know, is familiar yeah, that's, that's with the wiggles.
0: wiggle. Oh, there you go. She's no, that's cute. a bad picture of her. That's what everybody says when you show a picture. <laughs> is that not what everybody says? That's a bad when, picture when, of her. It's not a bad picture. No, you got to see her with the wig on. With the with okay, the, she wears a, a wig.
2: There's a, a wig. The wig on. Get her in her outfit. There you go.
0: That's my girl. Cute. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's get on to our uh, meet your makers. Anyway, uh,
1: this week, KMA Talk Radio is pleased to welcome for the first time ever, Senior Brand Ambassador for Davidoff of Geneva, Mr. Klaus Kellner. Klaus, welcome, buddy. Welcome to KMA Talk Radio.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. It's a pleasure uh, to be on.
1: And hopefully we won't keep talking about children's television programming while you're on.
3: (laughs) Oh, I've been laughing back here. <laughs> Thank God I had my mic on mute.
0: Oh, <laughs> you have young, do you have young kids, class? Uh,
3: no, not yet. But there's okay. actually, I haven't, okay. I haven't, I haven't really announced it yet. Too much, but there's one coming. No! Oh! Hey! <laughs> I didn't hey! know I was gonna talk about it so soon into the show, but <laughs> see
0: that?
2: Congratulations! I literally was
0: see my future.
2: As you Listen. guys were talking about, we oh we dude, we were
0: vibing you, we were vibing it. I'm I yeah, you. I think so.
2: <laughs> yeah. Vibing it. How do you mind yeah. me asking how old you are? I'm 29. Okay, so you're you're a young guy. I'll tell you what the one the one thing I'll say I'm 36. I'm 37. The one thing I'll say is I understand why it would have been better to have children younger. So you're in a good position because like. Now I'm starting to get closer to 40 and my back hurts all the time and like I'm always on the floor with them. You you'll be in good shape since you're uh, since you're a younger guy.
3: Yeah, my wife and I are very very excited and also my whole family. So we're
1: Is this going to be your dad's first grandchild?
3: No, when oh. I uh, number 8.
1: So, wow. Oh my gosh.
3: You addition to the Kellner family. So uh, no, but number 8, but for my mother is uh, the first one. So my mother is very very excited.
0: Oh, if, nice! If, if I'm correct, is that your dad over your left shoulder?
3: Uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. There he is. That's him.
0: Always so do watching you. Have a, you. Do you that have
1: was
3: a date? Uh, December.
1: Oh, congratulations!
3: Yeah. So oh, I gotta say, it's, it wasn't a quarantine baby. It was right before. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure it was. Sure it was. That's fun. This I had. We bad. had a child. We had a child during in the heat of quarantine. That was really fun. Hopefully things will be fine by then for you, so you don't have to deal with all the weird precautions and they don't let you leave the hotel, the hotel, the the, the hospital room at all.
0: So hopefully yeah. by then things will clear up a little bit.
3: Yeah, hopefully everything will be good. But again, we're very, very excited. So
0: that's awesome news, man. Congrats. Oh, so you and I will talk about Blippy in the future then. Oh, you'll be watching Blippi. I promise well. you. By the All time the rec- he starts watching TV, he'll be skippy or dippy. I mean, they, they change like every two, three <laughs>
1: years. Paul will give you his favorite episodes on YouTube so you can get them bookmarked right away.
3: The, yeah, the excavator I, I need a whole guide on how to be a father.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, good luck. just do what Paul did. Take, uh, go to Daddy Daycare. What was it called? Oh, right? here we go. I bet you that
2: has is going to one of those. Class, I'll bet your you wife, money he's not. Has no. your wife mentioned to you to do no. like a, uh, a Daddy Day well, camp?
0: You're just gonna embarrass yourself.
2: I Paul, you is, Paul is
0: insistent like this is like a common thing men do. It is it, gonna go are you they're gonna, gonna go offended. to right? Tell them they, they they're they're men. They're men <laughs> exactly. they're, they're not going to a daddy daycare to learn how to change a diaper. Wait, <laughs> wait you know what's even worse, class? Yeah. He paid for it. Look, he it almost choked expensive. on his cigar. It wasn't expensive. (laughs) He paid. He paid so someone could teach him how to be an adequate dad.
3: That's why I have my family. I mean, we're a huge family. I mean, we we learn on the go. I mean, I got my brothers and my sisters, all my uncles, big family support. You know, do you Mm -hmm. plan on
2: changing diapers? Yeah. Have you ever changed a diaper before? Are you really trying to debate? (laughs) I'm just asking. I'm just asking. I, mean, I had uh, never even does it held really a, child. Need a manual, Paul. I had never held a child under 1 year old ever in my life. Paul, does it really need a manual? It's got
0: pull tabs and stickums and <laughs> if you don't know where the legs go, maybe you should have reevaluated fatherhood. <laughs> I'm, I'm just an, saying.
3: Just to get, I'm an uncle 7 times already.
0: Tell yeah, him. All right, so he has experience. You. Tell him.
3: So, and I'm the godfather of a beautiful, beautiful girl, and I mean, there's enough. So he has experience. I had no
0: child experience except for me. I was the youngest. It's a diaper. What do you think, Uh, NASA? uh, uh, NASA education to put it on? (laughs) I don't know. I I, I didn't know. I wanted to know how to do it the right way. Aeronautical space technology is a diaper. It's got two peeled sticks, and you're done. (sighs) Ah.
2: Well so congratulations. That's Thank pretty you, exciting man. news. That's that's incredible news. Oh, that's yeah. a, I wish I had the KMA soundbite that you heard it first on KMA.
3: I think I yeah, this was the first time I actually announced
0: it. Well really <laughs> see, KMA, we always get the news. I hope <laughs> you we were allowed break. to. William I, Cooper, I will. we outscooped
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> we outscooped the coop. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta tell him so, later. So Klaus on other news, um, How are things going, man? I mean, I know you've been doing a lot of virtual um, Instagram stuff, a lot of stuff out there, just promoting the brands and everything. I mean, how has all that been going for you?
3: Well, I can say that I'm probably working more than before quarantine started. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, We really were one of the first people to jump on the boat as a company on the, you know, Instagram, uh, do live shows. And when all this started uh, about mid March, late March, Uh, Till till about last week. We did the math. I had just done over a hundred virtual events Wow Wow. Yeah, and sometimes I was doing them uh, Twice in a day. I think one day I did three in one day And and not just focused on the United States I was also doing events uh, for Europe different countries in Europe the UK Spain Italy Latin America uh, Brazil Argentina so I've been all over the globe through the computer. Uh, very now, exciting.
0: Now, now, Klaus, where was your childhood? Was it in the DR?
3: Born and raised in the Dominican Republic, yeah.
0: So as early as you can remember, you, was your dad you know, in the farm life?
3: Yes, and not only was my dad into the farm life, uh, from my father's side, I'm third generation in the tobacco world, but also on my mother's side, Uh, we were farmers. So my grandfather on my mother's side, uh, the rice, um, cattle, coffee. So my family has a big uh, background on farming.
0: And do you remember remember going out in the fields with tobacco growing up early on?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, There's a lot of memories, um, especially as a family, we would go and when the crop was, it's like Prime, we would go and take all the family pictures of every single crop, and you, we have pictures of every single year, and you can see how well every year the crops were doing. But I have a very specific memory. I was probably like uh, five years old or six years old, and it's just and there's a picture of it, but I have the very vivid memory. I didn't even know they were taking a picture, and it's just I'm just squatting down with my father, my father just pointing out where the next leaf is going to be coming out of the plant, and He's explaining what leaf that's going to be and where the plant is going to be and um, just going all scientific on me already at a very young age. And just a lot of good memories doing that. And then afterwards, going over to my grandfather's house and riding horses, swimming right. in the river. So it was not just go visit the, the farm, but it was also the whole lifestyle around being in the farm life as well.
0: So let me, cause as somebody who grew up working with his dad as well, right. My dad was a journeyman butcher. So like there was never that passionate moment of looking at a, you know, cutting up cattle and saying, Oh, this is all, you know, I mean, I liked eating it. That was about it. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, did you, did you develop, do you remember as a, as a child growing up, were you developing a fondness or was it something that was just on the fringe and, and, you know, it was what your dad did.
3: When I was, it was very early on that I knew I wanted to work um, in tobacco, and I didn't know uh, what route to take, but it really was, I think, at the age of 15 that I started telling my father that, yes, this is what I want to do. So, again, I have very vivid memories of me telling my father on my birthday at the age of 15. uh, You know, in Dominican Republic, they have quinceañeras, so for Mm. for the girls, they, they celebrate the 15, and uh, I'm a guy, but I was like I was feeling left out, and I was like I'm gonna have a good conversation with my dad, and it, that was one of the conversations like what I wanted to do in life. Um, but I I always had a nice affinity for specifically farming and and just uh, the farming life. Uh, they never took me to see cattle being slaughtered. <laughs> uh, what they what, what they did take me to was um, uh, seeing the cattle uh, uh, giving birth to the little calves and. Uh, we have a number of heads, you know number of heads of cattle and whenever there was like a newborn being born That was always very nice and you would you see them grow. So that was always very nice
0: Now did you when you as Were you envisioning as an early adult now that this this was going to be a career for you? Or did you have plans on doing something else in early adulthood?
3: Uh, let's put it this way for career day Going to school, um, I would always show up with a Panama hat and cigars in my pocket. <laughs>
0: no, really. <laughs>
3: yeah. In a Christian school, that every time they saw me with cigars in my pocket, is like hide that, and, you know. <laughs> and they're like, you shouldn't be like promoting tobacco and everything. And I was like, I don't care. This is what I want to be. And one year, I, I dressed up as a soccer player. You always go through that phase, you know. Wow. But every other year, I was dressing up as a tobacco guy, or I always thought like a. Um, Industrial engineer kind of mentality, running factories kind of thing.
2: What did you now, go to school for in college?
3: A business administration, a minor in marketing, and a minor in entrepreneurship.
0: Now, interesting. Mm-hmm. You didn't take anything agricultural. No. You so, knew it already. Well, yeah, I guess yeah. you could say. Mm-hmm. But, but, what, did you did you like already feel like I wanted to be more on the business side of the industry and not? you know, on the farms and agriculturally? Well,
3: I, I think they go hand in hand. Um, when my father, when I sat down with my father at the age of 17, he, I remember he wrote out a plan for me. And he said that if you want to, you know, be great in the industry, if you want to develop yourself in the industry and make it somewhere someday, you have to, Uh, Not only just work in the factory not only in the farm, but you have to really understand the whole scope of the industry Yeah, yeah, the finances uh, The marketing sales So he told me it's like you have to go and spend some years out in the market So that you understand what people like you understand how people react how consumers are in the stores how the retailers are so uh, You could say in my life right now. That's where I am
0: That's awesome. So what is what is before COVID? What what would be a a a a day in your life? I mean, like, what is the what is the brand? I mean, are you just strictly doing events and 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 stuff as a brand ambassador, or are, is there some back end responsibilities that you're also doing?
3: Well, technically, my real title is uh, I say brand ambassador because that way everybody understands it. But really, my real title, my business card is. Um, uh, senior manager of brand activations, so Davidoff oh. brand activations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay. not only am I um, uh, doing events, but I'm also uh, facilitating trainings, whether uh, for staffs in stores, so whether in-store or also virtual, and we also have a great program in Davidoff called Davidoff Academy where uh, from just on your computer, it's just a whole course where all the staff can get trained and um, it covers everything from tobacco knowledge, cigar portfolio, sales training, uh, marketing training. So
0: it is a great. Our staff, program. our staff did that program. It was, it's oh really? It was, oh yeah, it wasn't a joke either.
3: No, it. We've um, developed yeah. a lot of time on it, and it's not only in English. I mean, we have it in Spanish, and Italian, and French, and German. We have it. In, so for it's a global initiative, so that the whole world uh, gets trained. And on top of that, I also assist um, the marketing team uh, whenever we're talking about uh, tobacco knowledge, cigar knowledge, tasting notes uh, in different initiatives, uh, just making sure that the marketing team uh, in globally and also domestically, in the United States uh, talks the tobacco talk, you know, so, so I, I'm one of those people in the marketing team is making sure that we are in line with what we should be saying in regards to tobacco.
2: So when you talk about how your dad mentioned to you that if this is what you really want to do you need to learn all facets the I I've, I've heard you say in interviews before that you you actually had to do that right you took almost 2 years to kind of yeah. tell us about that experience cuz you were you were kind of did or at least witnessed every job in the company right
3: Yeah in the factory and the farms um you could call it an internship um And before it was officially an internship with pay at a really minimum salary, pay, (laughs) Dominican Republic. You know, they got to put you through work first. You can't just start at the top. Um, I remember. I mean, I was even mopping the floors in some places in the factory. Uh, I I was every part of the the factory. I was doing something, but they put me through uh, a, a program where I spent at least one month in every department in the factory, in the farming, fermentation, greenhouses, mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the warehouses during aging, just moving bales, mm-hmm. um, sorting tobacco, receiving tobacco from the farms, uh, sorting binder, sorting wrapper, making cigars. And that, it took me uh, over a year to do all of that. And a year and a half, I, I covered all of that. And then I also, they sent me three months initially to the United States. And after spending those three months in the U.S., they're like, we need you here. So they were uh, they offered me a job as a junior brand ambassador back then, about five, six years ago. And I've slowly gone up, you could say.
1: And in that time, if I'm not mistaken, we had a dinner together with you and Tom and uh, Carlos at a steakhouse in the area. Yes,
3: that was that was my three months in the United States before I got my job as junior brand ambassador. You could uh, say that my event with you was one of the first events I ever had in market officially working for Davidoff.
0: Oh, well, there wow. you go. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Another milestone any... in the life of Adam Cucci. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> was there was there any part of that experience that surprised you or that you you didn't know like 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 was there was there anything in that experience that you can say I honestly I didn't even know this is this went on.
3: Uh. I think what was one of the things that made me the happiest and it surprised me in a really good way was the ability of the ladies in the factory to multitask and have fun while they work with such precision. Right. It it really opened up my eyes to how skilled they are. That they can sort tobacco and at the same time be talking with the lady next, uh, next sitting next to them about the newest gossip in town and yeah. they have a blast and just enjoy their work while they are there doing very precision work where it has to be perfect. And I'm beside them. I'm working for two, three weeks and I can't even look up to them to smile at their <laughs> jokes because I'm trying to focus on the tobacco and they're still beating me and doing a better job and doing faster. Uh, so it's it's impressive how much respect you gain for all the little uh, jobs in the co- in the company and that's really where I think where you take the most out of and at that moment you're not just uh, you know the son of hanky counter uh, that walks through the factory but they know backstories of you you tell them what you do know the backstories of them and it almost becomes like a family so I really appreciated that moment in the factory
1: so in those early years of trying to learn everything what's the one job you never want to do again <laughs>
3: There's,
0: one job, question,
1: actually.
3: there's yeah. one job that for binder, there's one specific tobacco for one specific blend that for binder, uh, no, for the filler, sorry, for the filler, we cut a piece of tobacco so we don't put a whole leaf, we don't put half a leaf, we put a rectangle. That's exactly the measurement and the weight of tobacco that goes in that blend. And there's uh, three to four ladies, depending on how much we have to produce, that all every day, all day, all they do is... Cut tobacco leaves into little squares with this, you know, this huge guillotine for paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, after three days doing that, I spent five days just sitting next to them, just literally doing this all day. <laughs> My arm was about to fall off. <laughs> and there's and there's no way I would like to sit there ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's like that's a job in the company. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a there's three girls every single day, literally just cutting tobacco to a specific size and weight so that it goes in a blend so it's precision on the flavor profile of that, of that cigar.
2: And your probably don't job to, is so important. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, if you want to make, make sure the blend is consistent because the problem is that that tobacco is, uh, is so powerful that if you put a little too much, it is noticeable in the blend. So you have to make sure that the right measurement is uh, put into the, the right measurement and weight is put into the cigar.
1: You probably also don't want to get into an arm wrestling uh, contest with those girls.
0: <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> I,
0: I have a question for you from one of our listeners. Um, they'd like to know, this is from Michael Caldwell, who, who I believe is out in California. Uh, he'd like to know, what's your favorite cigar in the line and which Mmm.
3: That's the hardest question. Okay,
0: listeners. so I get it's hard. So you know how yeah. I define it? Which yeah. is the one you smoke the most? There you go. Mm-hmm. Davaroff Yamasa
3: to? Robusto. Which one? Davaroff Yamasa Robusto. The Yamasa, oh. okay. Yeah, that's the one I, I enjoy the most. Um, and when I have less time, I really, really go for the Petit Churchill. I love it in that small ring gauge. I'm a fan of uh, smaller ring gauges and long cigars, like those Corona, Lancero, Longsdale sizes. Yep. Me too. I mm-hmm. mean, the one I'm enjoying right now is a 2007 2702.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
3: I, I love those smaller ring gauges
0: i think i got I, I got the number two in the same blend i like this blend what what is it that's so what is it it's it, it's such a distinct case and i can't put my thing on it it's not that it's spicy but it's hearty I, I i i recognize it but i can't put my uh the
3: what i love about the seven oh two line is that it's we're taking all of our classic cigars the top sellers from the core the white label uh, so you got your number two your 2000 in europe you got grand Cru. uh not in the united states you got special r uh several others um but you the all these blends are predominantly are actually 100 percent dominican inside and they are the blends that we've had since the 90s the blends that have always uh been around and have always passed the test of time and they have always had the Connecticut Ecuadorian wrapper and uh, the Connecticut Ecuadorian wrapper is very light very uh, subtle in taste a little bit woody in the back a little cedar woody in the back but it's it doesn't add a lot to the flavor so really when you're tasting those core blend cigars all you're tasting is really what's inside 95% of everything you're tasting is what's inside when you change that wrapper and you add an abano uh, 702 series which is 702 is a, a hybrid that we created the 702 is a hybrid of three types of tobacco uh two habanos and a pelo de oro and pelo de oro is very oh. sweet so you get that uh, of course you get a little bit more body and you get a little bit more sweetness and a little bit of more spice and it, it just creates this
0: it's exactly of- what i do when i smoke it's that little bit it's yeah. not, i wouldn't say it's a spicy cigar mm-hmm. It's like a salty, savory. Yeah, I a taste feel. a little bit of mm-hmm. spice. So yeah, you're absolutely at that point. Yeah, so it gives a lot of flavor towards the
3: front, and it makes you want to keep puffing at it. it makes you want to keep going back to it. In Spanish, we say seguidilla. I don't think that word exists in English, and it just makes you want to come back and, and nice. puff it again. And it's and it, what's really cool is that you are enjoying the Davidoff Number Two, and I'm enjoying the Davidoff 2000. I my favorite 702s are those two. And it's because the blend is originally so soft and so creamy that you can really taste the wrapper. When you are tasting the 702 wrapper on a special R or any number three, uh, which are much more powerful blends, you don't see the difference as much. And you can't taste the wrapper as much. So the it's 702 already, shines
0: I, in those. Yeah, in yeah when softer. I can't find the number two, the 2000 is the one I grab.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's because sometimes we run out. Uh, just to show you something, go ahead. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, he's got something in the special humidor.
0: You think I like him? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So now we know I why you sure, run out. I got to make sure we don't run out.
1: Or, <laughs> it, that's so he doesn't run out.
0: Abe, your wife <laughs> smokes those oh. too, right? Oh, wait, he's not on yet.
2: Uh, oh, Abe, your wife nah. smokes those too, right? I think I've seen Brandy smoke those.
0: I got her into them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, now she wants unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> she made me bring her one home the other night. She popped on and she's like, what's this unicorn? You better bring me home a unicorn. <laughs>
3: when, that show cost of me $100. When I was uh, dating my wife, back boyfriend, girlfriend, when she uh, had the Davidoff late hour and then the Yamasa, and she liked them both, I was like, oh, yeah, that's, it's you. You got a winner. No questions asked. <laughs> it's like you're not going for like the number two, the 2000. The, you went straight for the big boys, you know, the, the big flavorful ones. That's it. Sign the contract now. <laughs>
1: now, did she smoke cigars before you met her?
3: Uh, not as often. Okay. So, she, so it's interesting because I didn't marry into a cigar family, but I married into a, a tobacco family. So her, her father works in tobacco. And her father worked in tobacco pre- in Dominican Republic at the beginning, then in the Philippines, then in Indonesia. Like now they're arranged, back in Dominican it's Republic. Like an
0: arranged marriage? <laughs> no. <laughs> or like how you know the, the monarchs used to get married, and you know, for alliances.
3: Well, my, my our parents knew each other back in the nineties, ah.
0: but I didn't know. We we I had no idea when I met her.
3: It just Listen, so happened to be.
0: I oh, have so friends funny. who wives, wives not that don't just not like cigars. They can't stand them, and it, 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 you know, it's really problematic at times. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys like you and me, like where our wives not only like smoke them, they like them, they enjoy yeah. them. Makes life so much easier. Yes. It really we, does. My wife has started to get
2: into them since since I've been producing the show. I mean, I've been into cigars for a while, but she, I, I'll tell you, who really got her into cigars? Abe, that got her to smoke maybe one of her first cigars was Anna. Adam.
0: I, oh, yeah. Anna. Anna. I say Adam.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, Anna got her got her into a cigar at your West Palm Beach opening.
0: Well, you know what's funny is, not just Anna, but like all the, I, I can't think of really one, one female bartender that we ever hired, because um, I know the guys did, but the the female bartenders that we've had, most of them weren't never had a cigar when they came here, and yeah. you know it's, you know it's it's never like hey, we tell them hey you got. I, I, I don't even know. Half the time, I come out with it, and I'm like, oh, and mm-hmm. they get into it. They just they and she, hate. she, her specifically, she has good taste in cigars no, too. She's like, got palette. She just we has spoiled. a good palate. Yeah, we spoiled Anna a little bit, but yeah, yeah. she's got palate.
3: But it's like couple goals, you know. It's uh, whenever <laughs> you want to. Yeah, couple goals.
2: Couple goals. You, no, you, you're right. It's nice to be able to to sit with your with your spouse and and enjoy a cigar and, and like talk about it. And, and my wife's a sommelier. So that I think she kind of got into the flavor profiles.
0: Yeah. It is a little bit up alley.
2: Well, well, Uh, and they had to, she had to learn about them when she was taking her, her certified classes. So they, they do that. They still do cigar pairings with wines uh, as part of the courses, although it's not as prevalent now.
0: Paul, you've become, and I don't know how, I, I mean, I don't think we ever really talk about it how into cigars if you really were at all, but you become like an official like cigar geek.
2: I'll tell you what I, I was into, into cigars before, but not, I didn't. So like, I appreciate finer things, right? Like things, things like really good wine and, and not because of the price of them. It's just, I know what I like. So I have, I, I'm told that I have a good palate because some things I like, they may be, they may be cheaper, but they're whatever. They have good, good flavor profiles, whatever. And I always enjoyed cigars since since my you know late teens. My grandfather was a huge cigar smoker most uh, most of my life that I, that I can remember. And uh, I I remember the the week before he passed away, he smoked a cigar. He's like, "Screw this! I'm gonna have a cigar." So he walked outside and and at the hospital, and he smoked a, I I think it may have been a, a Romeo and Julietta that he smoked outside. We smoked a cigar together, but he uh, he kind of got me into like the nuances of of like you know, smoke what you like. And and I guess since I met you guys, I get to meet all of these guys where you learn the backstories of the brands, learn, you know, meet people like the Kellners and, and like, I don't know. I like that. I like the story behind it and the passion that goes into it. And then I, it just so happens that I happen to like, you know, what, what some people what the geek cigar guys would call a great cigar. Most of the time, it's just Adam and I have similar palettes. So I, I think, I guess I kind of have good taste, because he, he usually, he won't smoke a bad cigar, Adam.
1: He doesn't have time. No, not at all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, not to mention you smoke what I recommend.
2: Sorry. Yeah, and the, well, because I like to try new things, but also, like, I try to keep myself from, I mean, I have staples that I go to, but I really, I force myself to try new things, even if I don't like the new stuff that I try, because what if there's something out there? Like, there's always something new out there to try. So yeah, I have become more more of a cigar geek, and Uh, because of this show for sure and I I get exposed to cigars that I probably would never be able to as a as a regular consumer at least I wasn't rolling in 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 the cigar world at all like even the people that I smoked with you know they they're not like aficionados by any stretch of the imagination so I, I there was a lot from this show that I would never have been exposed to otherwise and that's that's probably why
0: Klaus, is right. is, is Hanky? What is it that? Oh, well you going to take a break?
2: I was
1: going to take a break and I was going to tease more of the history of the Kellner family.
0: You do it, man. Take the that hell. That was Go perfect. Ahead. Look at him. I yeah. was shocked. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a short break from our sponsors. We're going to have more about the history of the Kellner family in tobacco and more with Klaus here on KMA Talk Radio. Keep it lit.
2: Hey everyone, Susan Giorgio here. Hi, this is Rich coming at you from South Florida. Hi, I'm Tom Stroud. Hey, it's Stephen Martin coming to you from Seattle, Washington.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Jennifer True.
2: Hey everyone, this is Alex Rhine. I'm a poker player, a dominoes player, a world traveler. I like to go sailing, hit the golf course, and drink some wine.
3: I am a mother, I am a
0: content creator.
2: I'm also a husband, a father, and someone who really enjoys great cigars. Enjoying a Monte Cristo, in fact, the 50th anniversary Monte Cristo, special limited edition. My favorite cigar, Monte Cristo Epic. Please take this opportunity to smoke one of our amazing Monte Cristo cigars, the Monte by Monte being my personal favorite. I am Monte Cristo. I am
4: Monte Cristo. I am Monte Cristo. We We are are Monte 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 Cristo. Cristo. Surgeon
1: General Warning Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease,
2: even in non smokers.
4: Welcome back to KMA Talk
1: Radio, broadcasting live on this lovely rainy day in South Florida. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. With me, of course, the man, the myth, a man who needs no introduction, Mr. Honest
0: Abe. Yeah, that was a little weird, but we'll take it. (laughs) It It looks like you stopped in the midstream of one introduction and jumped at another, but it's good. I'll take it.
1: And of course, live from his mother in law's basement, it's
0: Paul DeGracco. That's why he fucks up my introduction. He's so excited, he can't wait to get to introducing you. I don't know that's if he's more excited that I'm in my mother in law's
2: basement or that I'm in New York. I'm not sure which. I don't which is know what why it.
0: that would excite him. I just always assumed you lived in your mom's basement. <laughs>
2: my parents just, don't
0: have a basement. They live. They live I live on the that's water. What I, that's what I would assume. Like right up there with you owning cats. Oh <laughs> God. It just seems like that would be the Paul the Grotko thing.
2: <sighs> I mean, for All the foreseeable future, trip. I will be in my mother-in-law's basement. At this point,
0: we're not <laughs> coming. We have, we're not
2: coming back to COVID land. So we don't have an exit date yet. But we, we, have
0: an
2: Id, we have an idea of an exit date.
0: Don't even um, bother, man. They're getting ready to shut everything down here.
2: I know. That's why we're. That's why we're just not. I mean, we drove, so it's not like we have to worry. But mm-hmm. it, I mean. We're just kind of hiding out. I mean, we, I don't I'm have to be at work. Right I can now, work remote.
0: I'm telling you right now, if they force me to close my retail store, I'm protesting. How are you going to protest? With a big sign? I'm going to do just like everybody else to put social media up and we're going to go gather at City Hall and I'm going to protest.
2: Well, good. Do it at City Hall. That's where protests should happen.
0: Not you know, at like parking and stuff where everybody's doing buy it. On the way down there. <laughs> okay. You we worried I was gonna stop it at the Best Buy on the way? No, <laughs> we're gonna go to City Hall. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm gonna put, a, I'm gonna put a tent and camp out on the street because this is just getting ridiculous.
2: I Are they like... forcing you to stop people standing at the bar yet? Because up well, here they, they just bars, stop
0: people. Our, our bar area has never been open. Okay. Now our bar serves to the lounge area, but you haven't been able to sit at the bar since COVID. Our bar area's been closed. We got signs in between every other seats. We got seats that we took out. Everything's a little spaced out, and um, they just started. I, I heard they were doing a thing. They started in Miami this week, and then they were in Boca. and They were in Delray, and uh, I'm, you know, I'm waiting for the walk through our front door. Well, Miami's but, like, a little bit
2: fuck. different because Miami is shut down completely again, from what I understand. Well, Palm Beach,
0: yeah, well, I think they're good doing Palm Beach.
2: Yeah,
0: again, yeah usually
2: Miami happens first, and then... It, I mean, but it's not getting any better there either, so that's part of the problem.
0: I'm just going to go see if Costco will lease me out, like, you know, 20 by 40 space, and I can open up in a Costco. That'll be okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They'll probably let you smoke in there, too. Look, we did it. We did it.
0: We did it. Oh, you're right. We came back to see it. See how easy it happens? It, like, encompasses our lives, man. Yeah. We try to avoid it, and we did it. We slipped back. So I'm, I'm going to take us out of this spiraling downward loop. And go back to our
1: – meet your maker for this week, Mr. Klaus Kaliner. Klaus, once again, thanks for joining us. From the Dominican Anything? Republic. Uh, Actually, no. No? Nope.
3: <laughs> yeah, I came Tampa. back to Florida two weeks ago. I'm in the oh. office right now.
1: Oh, wow, in Tampa. Yeah. Oh, how are things there in Tampa?
3: I wouldn't know. I – I've been locked up in my apartment and in the, in the <laughs> office the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, it was interesting because um, it's been a while since I spent so much time in Dominican Republic, the whole situation and everything, but um, there was no flights coming in or out. And I had the opportunity to spend more time in the in Dominican Republic. But I had to come here at some point because this whole time I had uh, an apartment and a car just taking up space. Up here, so I had to come and just check things how things were going.
2: I know uh, that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You I have want an empty. To check on your, do you want me to go check on your house, ball? Actually, Monday, if you want to go there and supervise my landscaper, he's taking down a 50 foot uh, royal palm that, is, that has a fungus on it that's going to fall over any day now. Did you just
0: ask somebody to supervise <laughs> the landscaper? Listen, I mean, Did I just. Man, there's shit I hear on this show that I just would never assume would come out of a man's mouth. Hold on,
2: hold on. Let me tell you why. The last time that they that they took... Because we have this fungus growing in our front garden that apparently only affects palms. It's a it's a little mushroom that grows on the side of the palm and sucks the life out of the palm. And you can keep knocking them off, but like you'll knock one off, and then three days later, there's a giant mushroom on it again. And the only way to get rid of it is to get rid of all the palm trees and wait two years to replant. So we were just holding off, holding off. We took down four palm trees. There's one left. And he said, I'm keeping an eye on it. It looks fine. It looks fine. And then last week he said, dude, it's got it. It's, there's no way it's coming back. We got to take it down. The last one that they took down that was this size, his guy was on the leaning on the tree and fell with the tree into the street. And I wasn't there and my neighbor saw it. And went out to help the guy and bring him, you know, bring him water. And he didn't, so he didn't I, want to go to I the just, hospital.
0: But I just want to, I just want, I, 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 I can't believe I'm going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to clarify. You just asked Adam to go supervise your landscaper in case you should have an accidental fall and need help. Is this what I'm?
2: Well, so that he can be Is the eyewitness when they try the to landscape? sue me. What? <laughs> so he can be the eyewitness if they try to sue me or make a claim. That way, you know somebody was there.
0: And what do you? Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> it's right up there. It's up right up there with Daddy Daycare. Moving on. <laughs> oh come on.
1: <laughs> anyway, so Koss, you're in Tampa. Uh, how long are you planning on staying? And, and uh, did the missus come with you, or is she still back in the Dominican?
3: Uh, they're all that, that down Dominican. Um, okay. I, I don't know how long I'll be here. Um, I, know,
0: but, I know you'll be back within five months. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I,
2: I,
3: my, um, I mean, there, we have a history in, in our family for working too much. And uh, we're very family-oriented, but uh, we always work a lot. And uh, I, in my family, my father, when I was born, he was there for when I was born, and then he, he flew to the to the United States to launch Davidoff, the inauguration of Davidoff in the United States is November 1990. So he left my mother with a newborn kid on their first anniversary. Mm. And, and my mother will never forgive him for that. So when I moved to back to the, to the United States uh, a couple of weeks ago, I waited for our anniversary and then I left.
2: There
3: you go. <laughs> I was like, I, I can't miss the anniversary. I can't go down the same road that my father.
0: <laughs> but, but that's how men it's how men were back then. Yes. You yeah. know, they but went yeah, to, they went to work. They went to life. And when they got the phone call, she's going to that. They would show up. They, you know, baby would be born. Guess what he did the next morning? Go to work. He went to work. Yeah. That's what they did. I mean, you know, it's, everything keeps changing. Listen, when my first child was born, right? I mean, after the trauma of like the wiping and the weighing and all that stuff or whatever, I'm I'm waiting for them to take me to a hallway so I can look in front of a glass and hey, hey, <laughs> baby girl, oh, hey, that's you over there in the corner. Man, no, they took me to a private room, dressed her up, and handed her to me and left. Yeah, they go it on you. Where are you going? Hey, I'm like oh, your wife should be here in forty minutes. I'm like, what? You left me alone. I, mean, I, I was really looking for the glass <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I thought they were all gonna be in little trays lined up in rows. Mm-hmm. See if you had gone to Daddy Day camp, you
2: would have known, known what to do, man.
0: <laughs> I be okay without daddy day camp, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. all right. It is a different I mean, it is a different world though.
2: Like you I you know, I took a few days off from work when both of well that when when our second son was born, just in March, I, I you was didn't off anyway
0: for paternity leave.
2: No, they don't do it there. But I, you know what? I have a lot of clients that take three weeks. I have a lot of clients that are the same age as I am, having having kids now, and they take three weeks paternity leave. I'm well, like, I gotta this? work.
0: Listen, if I worked for somebody and they offered to pay me three weeks after having a kid, I would have taken it every time, too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I mean, let's face it. But I mean, you know, that wasn't an option for our parents, you know, coming up or even a lot of guys today, probably. Yeah, I'm in sales. So I I worked the next day, but not in the office
2: because we were we were already quarantined at that point.
3: No, but we like we really like working and I I can't see myself not working and I love the. Doing events and I love doing all these uh, live sessions and everything so I know down the, uh, the next couple of months as things open up again we hopefully we have some things in plan for starting to slowly do some in-store events of course uh, or, or in in-person events big ones that will go through proper policies proper regulations to make sure you no know, every all the social distancing and everything is done but for the meantime I can work from anywhere because all right. these events that we're doing are online and we are pulling off amazing events online where there are sales generated, where um, people tune in from wherever they are or people go to a huge location where they can be there sitting at social distancing and then I'm on the big screen doing the seminar and it's exactly the same, it's just I'm not there in person, I'm just over a camera and they're all looking at me right there.
0: You know what a lot of people forget and they don't realize and honestly like, you know, look, in life, whether it's a pandemic or whatever, you have to learn to pivot, right? If you can't pivot, you're just always stuck in the same spot. Uh And, you know, COVID was a pivot for a lot of us. But honestly, there's a part of me that's beating myself in the back of my head. I'm like, why did it take COVID for me to start doing this? Because we forget because we get spoiled, especially here in South Florida, we get spoiled, right? Because there's like actually like quality shops, like top notch shops, like 15 minutes in almost every direction, 20 minutes over direction. We've got a lot of solid cigar shops here. But when you travel the country, they're far and few in between. I mean, you got to remember, there's probably only, I don't know what the number is, but if I had to throw a guesstimate out there, 3,000, 4,000 top, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it tops at the most. And if you really want to go to a, 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 maybe a bigger lounger, maybe even less, 1,500, mm-hmm. 2,000, but there's like three or 4,000 shops across all America. Yep. Well, and then most, you, most uh, guys don't have a place to go to have a cigar event. You know, the majority of this country doesn't have a place to go. So these virtual events are awesome for them.
3: Yep. And when, when I was on the road, uh, I remember in 2016, I took over 100 planes. I was uh, over 200 days out on the road. And with adding all the responsibilities besides events into my role, I have scaled that down a little bit. Still was doing a ton of events. Uh, But it's just like you say there's you got to travel a lot in car and plane to go from one really good store to the next and For Davidoff purposes really Davidoff appointed merchant accounts. There's only a little under 300 Uh, And so we're talking about top 300 stores And you got to travel a lot and have a lot of hours in the car to get from one appointed merchant to the next and in between I would stop at a smaller store Uh, for a novel event or for a staff training on another brand but uh, exactly like ava is saying there's far and few there's so
1: what's your favorite place in the u.s to visit that you've been to so far
3: Mm. oh yeah is it are we talking cigar lounges cigar stores or just in general my
1: favorite place in In general we're going in general
3: okay because i i've been to napa valley four times
1: Mhm.
3: And um it, this I I love wine country. I love just the whole feel of being able to go from one winery to the next, learn the different processes, uh, have a cigar with a bottle of wine and then go to the next one and have another cigar with another bottle of wine. And it's a 3-4 day affair. And um one of those times that I went, it was actually with my father. And my father had not been there since the 90s. So I treated wow. Yeah, so I I, I treated him to a day in Napa with his son. And we went to visit different wineries and everything. And it was just great. Uh, Back then in the 90s, my father was uh, making cigars for many people. And uh, he had a lot of cool events in the Napa area with different wine makers, Uh, especially in one case, he went to the house of Probro Mondavi and had an amazing uh, dinner cigar event there. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm.
0: Very cool. I, I just had my first trip to Napa uh, October. I think we were there October first time there. We fell in love with it. We loved it. It was a great, great mm-hmm. time. I was, I was, I was very uh, surprised to see how cigar friendly they were. Yeah. In Napa, for being in California, I mean, they were it's so open, it's so open, and they're and, and, and they're farmers, mm-hmm. right? So even as farmers, they like they have an inherent respect for tobacco, right? They understand <laughs> the agricultural process but no there was we, we loved it we had the time of our lives definitely want to go back if the world ever gets back to normal knock on the so speaking of your dad <laughs> is, is he retired yet uh, he's never going to retire <laughs> you know what? what is it about that generation because I'm going to tell you something I don't I, I, look unfortunately I'm, I'm to the age now where there have been a lot of good growers and, and blenders who have passed away but it's that they, they just going to work till they die yep he's
3: not he's not in the factory yeah, uh, he's
0: not working as hard but he wouldn't know what to do
3: oh i think he's working as hard or even harder because he's
0: still, work, he's still working that
3: hard wow. oh yeah he he has so much energy because uh, he's no longer just in the factory uh day-to-day things you know he's he's not he's not in that position now he's in the position where he is really fighting for the industry he is at a, a country level now he is uh, going meeting with the politicians, with the re- people that are doing all the regulations, uh, with uh, board of exportation, board of agriculture uh, in in in, the, in tobacco. So in the Institute of Tobacco in Dominican Republic, and of course President of Pro Cigar. So he is really tackling it now at a much more global level, and he is really trying to make Dominican Republic in good standing for the for the world economically How- and.
0: How old is your dad now? 74. And he, 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 he he doesn't want to slow the pace at all, huh? No. Good for him.
3: I think he has more energy than me. Good for him. <laughs> That's Good awesome. Him. I, I mean, it would be... He, he would try to wake us up at 5 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday to go to the farm. And I'm like, really? It's Sunday. But he, he instilled <laughs> that that work mentality into us. And it I feel the same way. I don't want to ever retire. I want to keep... Uh, pushing cigars and tobacco and promoting the cigar industry forever, uh, until the day I'm no longer there. You know. And that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. the idea. That's I think my whole family is like that too. We we, we gotta.
0: All, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, we had to ask KMA question from one of our top fans, Sean Miles. He wanted to know what's your favorite wine, Californian wine. Mm. Uh,
3: there is a um, there is a wine called. Emolo. It's from the Camus family. Okay. So the, the I Camus. Love Camus.
2: Can't go wrong. With so I love
3: Camus. Uh, my brother actually uh, makes a cigar for them. Uh, so they sell it there, right there on, on the vineyard in, in the States. But um, out of all their wines, Emolo is probably one of my favorites. Um, it is made by the daughter of the Wagner family. So uh, the father, the, the the son, the daughter, all of them have different. Uh, Wines and I think that's one of my favorites. There is another one also uh, from Castello de Amorosa uh, da Barolo. It's phenomenal. It's uh, I love it.
2: Did you know those wines, Paul? I I know the Camus family very well. I mean, Camus. Yeah, the second one. I do. I do not know. Castello de
3: Amorosa. If you're ever in, in in Napa, it's a beautiful state and it's Castello. Like it says, it's a it's a a castle yeah and it's it's uh i mean they have great wines but also the experience that you're there uh while you're there is fantastic and uh on their higher end the castello de amorosa barolo that one uh it's sealed with wax and it's just very flavorful uh big body but also uh, very creamy almost like butter and I, I, love, I love wines that roll off your tongue, so creamy, so buttery, so sweet. And it's still red wine with a lot of body, but it's yeah. not as tannic. you know, it's not as powerful in the back. So it doesn't tire me out. I can drink the whole bottle by myself and I'll, I'll be happy.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in the same way, is wine your favorite thing to pair with a cigar or is there another, another beverage you prefer to pair with a cigar?
3: I am Dominican, so I grew up with my... Bottle of rum, my dominoes, and my cigars. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, for for rum purposes, I'm traditionally extra viejo. It's mm. the, the normal Brugal rum, and with my dominoes, with my cigar, great. Um, but I've gotten so much into wines in the last couple of years that it's it's my favorite. The the only thing is that for a wine. If i open up a bottle i want to finish the bottle right there and then you know Mm -hmm. so if i'm by myself it's a little tough sometimes i mean i can but it's it's a commitment and if i'm going to open up a bottle of wine i prefer to share it um where with a bottle of rum i can just have a drink and then just seal up the 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 bottle and it's fine because of the high alcohol content Mm -hmm. it'll survive for many months no problem but for wine, it's more of a commitment but just talking about wines We've been doing a series of episodes called Crop to Shop on Facebook. So every couple of weeks on Wednesday, we are doing a very educational episodes on the Davidoff Cigars webpage. And it's every, oh, every couple of Wednesdays at night. And the next one is on August 5th. And we are going to be doing uh, an event with Grand Crew. So you know how Grand Crew has the wine story, the wine yes. analogy. But the famous uh, winemaker... Uh, Michel Roland is going to be on the show with me, and he's going to be tuning in from France, and he oh, that's makes, cool. Yeah, he makes great wines, not only in France, but also in Napa, and we're going to be tasting his wines from his uh, Roland Bodega from Argentina, and that one is going to be a phenomenal event, I mean, and the guy ha- has, I mean, he's world-renowned, but he's going to bring it up to another level, you know, it's not just tasting, it's, yeah. it's actually technical level. That
0: sounds Actually interesting. Yeah. Now, are these, are, are these open to anybody, or how do they watch these? Where do they where, is on the uh, just like you personal like, channel, or the Davros
3: Cigars webpage page open up to anybody okay. that follows Davros Cigars uh, uh, Facebook, uh, and right on Facebook it's going to be live streaming. Normally okay. later in the day. I think this one's going to be at three o'clock Eastern time because Michelle is going to be tuning in from France, so the time difference. Okay. Uh, so August fifth, look out for it. We're going to be promoting it soon. But I'm really excited for that one. And we we have plans also to do events with Michel Roland in person in Argentina in uh, Mendoza as well. So.
1: Oh, very cool. So definitely. Sounds, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, you mentioned growing up with a bottle of rum in your hand. But when was the first time you had – at what age did you have your first cigar?
3: The first memory of me tasting a cigar, I was four years old.
1: Oops. What?
3: Wait, yeah. huh? that's the first memory i remember every it was dinner time at an apartment really small apartment we were at at the time and my dad had clients there and family and uh, they were all enjoying cigars and i was curious so i asked my dad is like can i taste and yeah he said yeah go ahead taste (laughs) Uh, i can't say i i i knew how i i can't you know it probably was a shock I, i don't remember like enjoying it but i was like curious about it Um, But it wasn't until like the age of seven, eight that I started really sitting in on my dad's seminars. So my dad would, at the time, we still do it, but we would receive groups during January, February uh, in a trip called Viaje al Origen for retailers. Mm -hmm. And uh, during these weeks, during the early time of the year, during the crop season, we would receive these groups and my dad would do seminars. So they would take me out of class or if it was on a Sunday or on a Saturday, I would go and I would sit in the back of the room while all these retailers are doing having a seminar with my dad, and I'm just enjoying the cigars in the back. So I think, and we were doing Grand Cru at the time. So probably my first cigar ever, full cigar, was a Grand Cru number three.
0: Wow! Uh, at the age of seven, eight. Wow! Yeah! Wow! I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked you can remember the size.
3: Well, well, I can tell you the size because that's what your the dad seminar. used to smoke.
0: Yeah, that's the yeah. seminar that oh, my okay, dad was right. doing. Right, uh, that makes sense. And did you puke afterwards? No. I've never puked to a cigar. He's a Kellner, man. <laughs> I have a question for you. So, you know, the first year I became an appointed merchant, I'm trying to get the year, I'm going to guess it was 99, uh, 1999. There's a phrase that's constantly repeated through dealing with the company, through sometimes marketing, through sometimes advisory board meetings. And, um, as someone who's third generation in tobacco, you know, business, and probably, probably one of the youngest members of Davidoff senior team, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. What does the phrase, the Davidoff philosophy mean to you?
3: Oh, uh, which phrase are you talking or just Davidoff philosophy? In, they use that, that word a lot.
0: You know, as a retailer, they want you to understand the Davidoff philosophy. I, I, I hear it all the time in interacting with Davidoff. I mean, is is that something that you have a feeling about or what what the Davidoff philosophy is? There's, because they have, yeah. I mean, I mean, they, they, they without a doubt have a culture and a philosophy.
3: Well, th- there's there's the there's the marketing uh, sales Davidoff philosophy. So dealing the with branding, retailers and and dealing with with consumers. So you can say the the, the Davidoff philosophy on the Zeno Davidoff side. Zeno Davidoff being that. Um, The king of cigars, retailer, the Davidoff of Geneva since 1911, um, was always about great customer service and always providing a luxury experience around cigars. And I think we try to live by that um, with customer service, not only to uh, the retailer, but also to the consumer, so that every time they have a Davidoff, they are uh, – they have – but using the tagline, time beautifully filled, you know, or the previous tagline, when you started as a retailer, the good life, you know, and it's really about, I think your mic is muted.
0: Yeah, Abe, you're muted. Yeah. Yeah, it was the good life. Yeah. Um, I think they even used it on, on the cologne. Did you it see it the good life mm-hmm. on it too? It was even on other products.
3: Yeah, and, and it was really about creating this atmosphere around the cigar experience, you know, it's not just a cigar, it's not just great flavor notes, great uh, aromas, but it's really about creating a whole environment around the cigar so that every time you enjoy one, is great. But then I can also tell you that there is a philosophy, the one I grew up with, which is like the factory farmer side. And the Davidoff philosophy from the factory side, the cigar side, tobacco side, it's Um, We normally say three words, and there's one of them that is even more important than the others, in my opinion. One of them is creating cigars that are of positive of taste. So positivity, Uh, always agreeable to the palate, Uh, always no negative connotations, always pleasant. And then there is the second word, which is balance, creating a cigar experience that is balanced, not only just in the palate, it's it's balanced, not one-sided, not one-dimensional, it's complex, but also enhancing your whole experience around the cigar also for it to be balanced and complete and the third word is consistency and i think that's really the biggest word there the most important one is creating consistency with every single cigar that we make meaning every cigar that you have doesn't matter if you had it 30 years ago in the 90s during the boom time you're having it now it is exactly the same flavor experience and so it's always exactly the same cigar that you always had and you can only achieve that with great quality control with large amounts of inventory and a lot, a lot of processes. And and I, you have to really believe in consistency uh, in the cigar world because it, it's also about being loyal to you, the retailer, and also being loyal to the consumer. Because if you are having one cigar one day and then the cigar a couple years on the road is not the same, then we're not being loyal to you. So I like working a lot with the philosophy of loyalty with the retailers, with the consumers, and also our suppliers. In the uh, in the factory. Whoa. He disappeared. Did you- He's here.
2: I yep. still see him. I still see him. Everything's okay? Everything's okay, Paul. Everything's okay on our side.
1: Okay. I, oh wait, we just I, lost I, him.
2: Now we lost him.
1: Nope. I still see Klaus.
2: There he is. I
3: don't. I'm here. There we go. Okay.
2: <laughs> okay. That was weird. So oh. so uh, Dylan is is chiming in, Klaus, and just saying that. We, we invest in the most precious of elements, time, which mm-hmm. is kind of
0: kind of what you're saying as well. Spoken like a true Davidoff executive. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really.
3: It's going so, back to the time beautifully filled philosophy. You know, yeah, it's again, yeah. enhancing your time with your cigar, never just having a cigar just to have a cigar. It's about really filling that precious moment that it's time is something that we can't get back. You know, so definitely always enhancing that moment as much as you can.
0: Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. But before we get Coupon, I want to share a story with you. I think you'd appreciate. I, I, I accidentally muted myself because I tried to find the audio, but I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to play it anyway. But I will find this audio. It's somewhere on my computer, and I will post it today on KMA. But we used to have a, a segment called Dummy Dialers. It was a big hit. (laughs) I I got some awesome, like awesome audio clips. I mean, one of these days I'm going to make a a compilation, but um, during the boom, when everybody started making, smoking synthetic marijuana and, and K2 and all this stuff. Right. And um, our phones at work started blowing up. Right. It, It just started blowing up like crazy. So, my staff was getting frustrated, so I decided to have fun because we had just started our radio shows. We put a recorder on and when they would call in, we would mess with them and and, and, and like, you know, play jokes and then, then we ran out of out of um, the fad stopped and then I started playing practical jokes on guys within the industry. But the reason I, I bring all that up is I I I used to work with Emily and Emily for the guys who, you know, have been watching us long enough was Lady M. Right, And you never got to work with Lady M, Paul, did you? Yeah, sure. Of course I did. Yeah, briefly. It was a little bit. Yeah. A year. Was it a year? Yeah. Okay. So, before we had a producer, Lady M, Emily, used to used to book all our guests, you know? And, you know, she was slipping through Aficionado once, and there was an ad for Davidoff, and it was Zeno Davidoff. She's like, why don't we get him on? I'm like, I looked at her, yeah. We should get him on. Well, oh, you got a number? I said, well, just call the Davidoff store in New York. See, see. It, hold on. We, re- we recorded this. It, 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 I'm going to find this audio. But she literally calls up the store and says, hi, ah, yes. Uh, my please speak with Zeno. And the guy goes, uh, you mean Lino? Like, there happened to be a guy there named Lino. She's like, no, 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 Zeno. Um, you mean Lino? She's like, no, Zeno Davidoff. And he goes, um, he's dead. Did <laughs> <laughs> you, you hear Emily go, Uh-oh. oh, oh, <laughs> dude, so funny. I'm going to find that audio. We you mean, actually, we actually made, her, made her call the store <laughs> to book Tino Davidoff for episode of KMA. True <laughs> <laughs> story. I'm going to find that audio. Uh, that's I, I, awesome. I
3: have yeah. a <laughs> similar story uh with with the davrov store but it was a little backwards every single summer between classes my dad would take me to new york and my dad would go three four times a week uh, a year a year to to new york and as a little kid i would grow up going to the store and seeing the staff there uh from back in the 90s into the 2000s of course Lino being there alberto they all they now work uh, with our team here in pinellas park um but there was, ai won't mention his name, but there was uh, an employee that had been there for 13 years. He's seen me every single year, sometimes a couple times a year. And w- I'm like, I think I was like 20 or 21 now. And this time I went alone. And the staff treats me and they're like, wow, it's so nice to see you. We go to the lounge downstairs. I spend a whole day there. I'm talking to everybody. And this person working at the store, who still works there, by the way, uh, just didn't know who I was. And he's seen me grow up. And, That's funny. and we had so many conversations and towards the end of the day, we decided to go to a bar and just hang out. So we take the subway and then we're in the subway. And he just goes to me in front of everybody. He's like, you know so much about our cigars. You know so much about tobacco. I'm so impressed. How, why, who are you? And <laughs> everybody's boring. like, what, who are you? <laughs> and I can't do that anymore. I can't go into a store, you know. Uh, right. Like like a what do you call that? Like a secret boss or and undercover the boss? Days of undercover
0: anonymity, boss yeah. The days of your anonymity is over. Yeah. Wait,
2: and the other thing before we bring Coop on, you have something special to show us there, Klaus, that you, mm-hmm. you mentioned before we got we went live. Oh yeah. Tell us about that cigar you have there.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I moved on to this cigar now. Uh, I have a a full one here, but it's a perfecto shape. We just mm-hmm. relaunched it in beginning of July. So uh, our company in the United States, it's already sold out. All the boxes are in in market already. So we don't have any inventory here anymore. So that's great news. But this is the Davaroff Special 53 Capa Dominicana. And this is the cigar that we launched originally in 2002. The first cigar that Davaroff ever made with 100% uh, Dominican tobacco, including the wrapper. So here's the box. It says oh, nice. vintage blend over there. So it is one of our vintage blends. It's been around for a long time. And it's, I think, in my opinion, it is uh, a the great example of what the Davidoff White Label core flavor can be with an added component of that rich Dominican wrapper. And if, if you know the stories of Yamasa, where it took over 20 years to create Yamasa, you can call this cigar like the grandfather or the father of Yamasa. There you uh-huh. go. So, so this is really the initial, the first cigar ever with the concept of Yamasa, with the concept of using that farm with Dominican wrapper. So that is how we got to where we are today. That cigar and it's incredibly flavorful, but 100% Dominican.
1: So going back to the Lady M story, Lino works in Pinellas Park now. Yeah, we should get Lino
0: on just to talk to you Lino. Know, you know, when we went and we did a we we did a KMA episode once. We flew up to New York. And it was your dad was there, uh, Jeff Lee, um, I, I know Dylan was there, but Dylan it I, I just gotten there, but and, and, and the phone line didn't work. They were trying to run the line up from downstairs. So we literally did a KMA episode on a cell phone because we, we didn't have video back then. Wow. you know. So we actually were passing a cell phone around doing a KMA episode. But, yeah, Emily got to meet Lino that trip. <laughs> she got to meet the, the Lino that trip.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, our uh, correspondent for the news and information, live from his garage in North Carolina, Mr. William Cooper. Coopaloop, what's going on, buddy?
4: Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, Klaus, how's it going?
3: Hi, Coop, how are you?
4: Doing well, doing well, doing well. Congratulations, by the way. I heard the news Thank earlier. You. Yeah, wonderful <laughs> news.
0: Thank you. any advice?
4: Um, what you're don't gonna go, have? What's gonna, don't go gonna, to
0: Daddy daycare. <laughs> you don't have to go to Daddy
4: daycare. Here's here's my advice. The first year you're gonna say, "Man, we got this. We could do everything like we, we normally do, right?" But then they be and Paul could probably tell you this. Then they become mobile, and then they start to talk, and then you realize that's when the changes is gonna happen right. in your life.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Coop, what's in the
4: news
0: this week? Well, I, I got news for Coop. Oh
1: no, hold on. Yep, sorry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah hang
0: on. I, I, I get to say hi to Coop. See how yeah. he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First off, I want to thank you for doing the Thursday night virtual event with us. Your thank you as well. Your presence was much appreciated and very entertaining. But I do have to ask, because I, I didn't want to get into it on the show. But what is the backstory about you, you and Steve Saka? What was he accusing you of that you then threw Aaron Loomis under the bus?
4: <laughs> Aaron said I did throw him under the bus. So. I don't know what he was actually specifically talking about, Uh-oh. like, but there was nothing I said, right? But I think what happened, this is what I think happened from putting some pieces together. And if anyone's got the actual audio clip of this or video clip from my show, let me know. I think there was a topic when we were reviewing 2019 and reviewed that Somehow Steve and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust came up in the, in the conversation.
0: Negatively, from what I understand. But not from me. I could tell you it wasn't from well, me. I'll tell I- you. Yeah. He's, I think he's had the assumption it is it is you.
4: Oh, I think he has too, although he wrote something yesterday to the contrary, because I said, no, I thought Steve had a very good 2019.
0: He wrote something to of- the contrary? Is he doing the Skip Martin
4: backpedal? There was something, <laughs> he, he put something up there yesterday on, on Facebook to the contrary. But Is I he do doing know- the
0: Skip Martin backpedal? No way.
4: Yeah, nah, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do know that there was some – I don't know who made the critiques. I don't want to say it was Aaron or some other panel folks that night. There were some folks that were more critical of Steve's 2019. But I was – and Ronnie, Ronnie, of all people, will back me up on this one. saying, oh, so you, just I got,
0: you, you just got pinned for it because you were just in the broadcast.
4: Yeah, it's like that dude who got mad at me because uh, Skip ripped his uh, YouTube channel. I, it was like the same thing. Like, oh, I, I remember I was, that. Uh,
0: I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that right. guy who,
4: who's, who's YouTube, who, who stole my content, by the way. And now he, <laughs> yeah, by the way, just he ripped off my audio without attribution. Well, that's another story, right now. I think his channel's in trouble. But um, but but I got accused of that, like, just because it was on my show, it was on my watch. But there is no. If if I said something negative about Steve, I need to hear or see it. Is what I'll just
0: say. But I don't think I said anything like that. I just, I I just, I just wanted to hear it again. That's all. We
4: we've made fun of Steve because you know he's in. We you know Steve's always sung himself short. Like oh, this is never going to sell. Don't buy this or (laughs) yeah, that's his selling. That's his marketing. That's his Uh, selling uh, strategy. uh, uh, I made fun of him about that stuff. But no, I I, as far as I thought 2019 was a very good year for Steve, and I'll stand by that.
0: All right. Well said. That being yeah. said, now what is there anything in the news? Yeah, uh, actually,
4: let's start off with like in Class's backyard. Uh, there is something coming out of Davidoff that um, is shipping later this month, and it's the new Camacho Nicaragua. Um, and uh, I actually had a chance to smoke that, and it's a really good cigar. Um, so it's and um, i Class could probably talk more better than me about, it, but Ecuadorian wrapper, Honduran binder, uh, fillers from Honduras, Dominican, and of course Nicaragua. Available in three sizes: Robusto, Toro, and Churchill. Um, so it's pretty exciting because it's uh, something you know being ad- added to the Camacho family. I love the uh, I love the cigar. It was very good. And
3: it's a v- very well rounded cigar. Yeah. It, it, I think that it's a new expression for Camacho. I agree. Uh, always Camacho being very, very on the bolder side with, with very impactful flavors. I think this one is a very well rounded uh, expression of what Camacho can be in a much more balanced way. And, yeah. But it still has that flavor impact, which is Mm -hmm. what it's – it has to still be a Camacho. It still has to have the Camacho DNA.
4: Yeah. Uh It didn't overpower me, let's say, with strength, but full-flavored – it was that full flavor that Camacho is known for.
1: And uh, when is that going to hit the market?
3: Coop, you got the date on you? (laughs) According to
4: (laughs) (laughs) – We got it It next week. Yeah, next next week, week, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I, I just don't want to jump the boat with class, obviously. <laughs> but sometimes you'll be surprised we get these information and people in the company don't. It's very true. Well, our
3: com- <laughs> our our company is very good about giving you guys the information.
4: Yeah. To yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, They actually
2: do press releases, Coop.
4: Yes, they do, and do they do very well? <laughs> yeah, we we get
2: them too. We get yeah. them too.
4: Yeah. They they are in. I would you know if I had to go A B C D F, they're A. Um, they we've always gotten uh. We've always gotten press releases from them.
1: So what else is happening this week, Goop? Um,
4: well, this week, uh, the, the big, the so-called uh, road, road show is, is taking place. With, uh, and one of the four companies is Rocky Patel. And one of the cigars that they're kind of unveiling as part of this road show is the Rocky Patel Quarter Century. Uh, marks 25 years of Rocky Patel in the cigar industry. And according to what the um, cigar is going to be, it's going to be a Mexican San Andreas wrapped cigar over Nicaraguan binder and filler. And the cigars are aged for two years after rolling. And a quarter century is available in a Robusto, a Toro, and a 60. So um, you should start seeing those cigars, I think, later next month is is
0: what I'm hearing. Have you you heard anything about the Roadshow Coop? Yeah, I have. I, I was going to go on Would Thursday. Would you like to share what you've heard about the Roadshow? See if I heard the same thing? Um, I've heard...
4: I don't know what you want me to talk about, but... Um, i have heard. Okay, I'm, so...
0: I've heard, I've heard they haven't been going too well.
4: I ha- Okay, so this is what I'm hearing. That's I heard right. that, for example, there was not products that were... The new products were, were hardly to be seen, okay? I mean, you could order the new products, but it, there wasn't a lot of new products. Um, I have heard social distancing has been practiced on it. The retailers who went in Charlotte and, and I didn't go because again I just didn't feel safe with COVID right now. They said it was a, it was pretty well organized as far as that goes. Um, I didn't get a lot of like uh, wow I about, factor from anyone. I, with
0: I, I I heard about half the people who said they were going to go ended up you know they had about half the attendance of, of the RSPPP. That's what I've heard. I haven't had time to call yeah. firm with anybody, but that's just. Yeah, you know, that now, is probably
4: from her. I heard that from some of the stuff that was taking place in the other cities. Charlotte was a little better attendant. all the players in Charlotte were there. Right. Um so that that part I heard. Um but I have heard of lower attendance in certain other areas. Uh, you know, a lot of retailers were put were saying, Well, why why do I have to go here to put my order in? Why can't these guys just come to town and come to my store like everybody else? Mm-hmm. So you know that was that was some of the feedback I was hearing about it. There's like in terms of media, there was nothing I was missing, is what I heard. You know, yeah. they, like I said, the products weren't even out with some of the companies there. Um. So and then I'm heard. I heard some people were trying to open accounts and weren't allowed to open accounts for various reasons. You know. Really? So,
0: yeah. yeah. I and, didn't hear that one. That's I enough.
4: heard that one too. Yeah. So, which I, I'm not gonna get into the specifics of the companies because I don't know what the situations were, but I heard that. Yeah.
1: Interesting. What else is going on this week, Coop?
4: Well, in the uh, longest-running soap opera in the cigar industry, the PCA.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, <laughs> <laughs> right after Abe does a show on Tuesday night, <laughs> the next the next day they announced that uh, the PCA announces that two of the key players in the uh, organization who are furloughed are coming back. Uh, Scott Pierce, who is the executive director and the head of government affairs, Joshua Habarski. Uh, so their furlough was over kind of after one day. And they are back to work. Um, the board of directors is saying that this is still a short-term furlough, and the rest of the staff will be coming back. I guess we'll see on that. But at least there's someone in the office right now at PCA.
1: But still, no one will answer the phone.
2: I was just going to say that, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should shut up. So, so have you heard? Listen, that? listen. I heard if you story.
0: ever want to get if you ever want to get Pierce on Paul, just ask Coop. He gets him on all the time. <laughs> no, we've had him we've had him
2: on and and we yeah, share we you, shared Coop helped you get him
0: last time. If no, you I a- no. Coop
2: you can back me up here. I asked Coop to get me in touch with him and he gave me his email address and Scott didn't answer that way. The way I got Scott was on LinkedIn Premium. I messaged him on my LinkedIn Premium and he answered me almost immediately. And that's really? how we got him on the show. But I we, we share text numbers now, so we can we can definitely have Scott on again. We could we probably should get yeah. him on. We should. Well, I remember
4: that day I was in Minneapolis, right? And it was like 10 below zero. And I'm like, I just, so I, I had to get, that was like the easiest way for me to find my fat fingers on the phone to kind of tell you, yeah, just go get that. Like, I could pull it up. I had gloves on. I, I remember that day specifically.
2: Yeah, we got, we got him on. I mean, he was, yeah, yeah. he was, he was great on the should,
0: show too. I, I think we should get Scott Pearson and Charlie Minato on, on the same show. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Adam, Charlie? Adam, Will Charlie do our show? Adam, Adam, doesn't, Adam doesn't get it because he's completely out of the loop. But, would, yeah. would, Charlie, would Charlie do our show? Absolutely, you would. Charlie was part of the show for a while, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: Char- he Actually, he Charlie- was good. He's always
4: very good on these shows, wait, let me tell you. Wait,
0: wait, wait. What, didn't you deal with Charlie Bonato? A, when lot. He started? a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't get him to submit the news on time, but that's, yeah. I, I wasn't that. sure if he had
2: hard feelings about that with me. I don't
0: know. Oh, I like the guy. He's very nice. I was just on a show with him. Uh, I know. I saw. I was on about that cigar with him. No, not at all. In fact, he, <laughs> I found it funny throughout the whole show. Every time he finished talking, he said, "Oh, now I yield my time to Abe. <laughs> <laughs> after, after every sentence, he would go, now I yield my time to Abe. <laughs> he was trying to prevent Skip Martin from talking. He was trying to lead it right into me so Skip wouldn't have a chance to go in a whole, like, you know, dissertation of biblical (laughs) proportions.
4: Yeah, there there was a lot of... I I encourage folks to check out that
0: show. There was a lot of interesting things. I mean... I had a lot of fun. It went way longer than I thought it was going to go. Man, can't you guys just do, like, 90... Why are these all, like, telethons? It was, like, three and a half hours. Well, we... You know, uh,
4: the thing is, we're not constrained by anything, so... The thing is, if you want to listen to the whole thing,
0: you can. But you can listen to it in pieces. It's. Uh, I, I'm talking about listening. I was the guest. I couldn't get off the show. Say <laughs> you got to go. Real.
4: Well, so say goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we always tell the guests. We always ask the guests if we have a time limit, and then it's we ask. Hey,
0: yeah. I it's I funny asked, because I texted, I, I, messaged Matt during the show. Like after we started breaking the three hour mark, I'm like, Hey, how long does your show typically go? <laughs> it was a long show, but it was Did fun. Did he say I don't so know? Fun.
4: That was long um, for Matt, Joe. Yeah.
0: That's what I heard. That was longer than normal for his show. Yeah, he normally he normally is about two hours. He goes. Yeah, but uh,
4: you, you've done time. like six
2: hour shows, Coop, right?
4: Yeah, Matt's one of the rising guys in the cigar media right now. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I was just gonna say it was my first time on his show. I was really impressed.
4: Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's one of the guys. Uh, he's he was with an, uh he was with another group for a while, and then he spun off his own brand and. He uh, was blind man's puff, right? Yeah, he was a blind man's okay, puff. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so uh, he was he worked with Aaron for a while because Aaron was also associated with it, and those guys have just you know gone in different directions, obviously. And um, Matt's Matt's brand has been one of the rising brands for sure.
0: Uh, it was a good show. Yeah. Anything else you got going on, Coop?
4: Um, the other thing, just kind of a this is more of a footnote, maybe something to watch, but Inner Tobacco, which was canceled this year, announced they're going to have a hybrid offering called ITS Hub. Uh, really what it is is going to be a, a slightly scaled back uh, trade show floor uh, with a virtual component. Um, so that may be something to watch to see if it kind of hits, you know, maybe we start seeing trade shows like this in the States uh, next year. That could be the new model going forward. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I
4: wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I think it's, PCA is going to have to do some work. Like, like the thing is why some, I think it's actually able to do it. It's some work. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. you <laughs> The inner tobacco's put on by uh, the group in Dortmund that runs the venue, so I'm thinking th- I think this was a bigger initiative they've had to basically make all their trade shows in the venue virtual. PCA is going to have to somehow latch on to that. I don't know if anyone in Vegas like the Sands is doing that. I can't see them creating that from scratch though. So uh, you know I don't. And all indications Abe is that I, I think the trade show is going to be the same as it was 2019. I don't see change happening.
0: You know it's like it's. It's like it's an eighteen wheeler barreling like a hundred miles an hour down the highway. It's just so hard for them to even try to make a turn. Mm-hmm. It just takes so much effort, and they they just don't have it. Yeah,
4: I I do. I mean, all the indications are, you know, they were pretty much gonna the twenty twenty one trade show. Everyone's gonna get the same floor locations. I think they were just gonna go with the same plan they had. So I don't. You know, that's why people are furloughed right now. The more I look at this, right. excellent.
0: All Anything right. Anything else,
4: Cigar and Coop? Uh What was that? Anything else? That's that's pretty much the news for this week.
1: What do we got? What do we got and yeah, yeah. this week.
4: Well, we're doing our version of a of a virtual trade show I on Thursday. That. Um. So what we're doing, and we've been this has been a very difficult effort because we're trying to reach out to so many companies. Um. We we've, we've sent out emails and stuff, and we're collecting responses. But we're gonna get we're gonna have this uh, show where we're gonna have a bunch of companies scheduled to come on. They're going to get like a five to 10 minute slot and they're going to be able to talk about what products they're releasing this summer. Um, So it's kind of like our version of that. It's not going to be 10 different companies in a Zoom room talking like we're going to be pulling people in and out. You're going to have an exclusive window to do that. Um, How this is going to work, we'll see. I don't know how it's going to work or not. Um, But we've been uh, we've been working on the schedules, uh, working on the list. I think we we've put out invitations to a bunch of people right now and we're getting them back.
1: Very cool. Sounds like a very good time. Sounds like a very informative uh, piece of information. A lot of people should tune into that. When is that going
4: to air? Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Yep.
2: So basically yeah. the way you would do it at the trade show, going from booth to booth, talking to people uh, as normal. Okay. Wait, wait, I know, think you know, normally ha-
4: like, So I think what's been missing with all this virtual coverage right? – so Klaus and Davidoff, they've done a great job, especially with the education piece. I mean, they've, they've, they've got it nailed. Abe, Thursday night, you – you put on a blueprint for how to do a sales event with that, right?
0: Thank but I you. think
4: I think we, this part about the part that's missing is, you know, a lot of the trade show coverage, we see people go around boots to boots with a microphone, like Paul said, and they talk about the products, and we, we feel that's the part that's been missing with all the Zoom and virtual. Yeah. So this is going to kind of, we're going to attempt it. We were actually going to do something like this free IPCPR PCA this year. We we're actually going to try the same concept. We put it off because product announcements were delayed. So we're going to try it, but try to address that other piece that maybe has been a
0: little bit of a void this year. Very cool. Excellent. I think it's extremely doable.
4: Yep. Yeah. So we'll see how it works. Yeah. Excellent. Best of luck
1: with that and hopefully uh, no technical issues. Unlike uh, this show. So. Well,
2: why would you say that? Don't bring it up. Up. <laughs> Who did? You know,
4: Thursday, by the way, Brian did a good job on Thursday except for that that voice that we were oh. hearing at the beginning. Oh, but.
0: let me tell you something. I, I I totally said if Steve's got to do this for like two hours, he is going. I, 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 at some point, he was just because I, I know Steve. Oh,
4: I know him just,
0: too. He would have taken the headphones off and said, "I'm I'm just sorry, guys. I I, I just can't just can't do this. It's sorry. I, we'll do it. I, I can't. I got to get off because it was it was like like seriously like loud exorcist. and we bared through it for a good fifteen minutes, maybe twenty even. Before we figure out how to make the sound go away. Yeah,
2: Just yeah. not to give myself props, but just so you know, I was on the phone with Brian the whole time in the beginning of the broadcast to try and help him.
0: You can't give yourself props because you didn't yeah. help him.
2: Yeah. I, Brian, and let me tell you, Brian did
4: like real good prep for, for this, Paul. I'm not going to, but he, he got us all on a phone on Thursday to check to test this and everything. He,
0: so what you're saying essentially, Coop, that Brian, Brian should be the something producer. that Paul never did and he was thorough. <laughs> Uh, Is that what you're saying? I can't if, say what Paul did oh, or didn't do. Okay. It. I'm just saying what Brian did. Adam, Adam, w- when did we get our outlines for the show today? Uh, <laughs> nine, uh, eight forty-five. Eight forty-five. Eight forty-five yeah. this morning. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Brian would have had him the day before. Yep. Just oh. saying. He would have had for an Asana task.
4: But Paul's the best we can afford, right?
0: Oh, well, <laughs> I see. Is the best we can afford. Koopman yeah. Coop, used to be my friend. Me, I don't know what's he, happening. As soon as I hit that Powerball, he's gone. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: If I hit the oh, you hit the Powerball. Yeah. If I hit the Powerball, I'd still be here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, listen. Before I want to ask, I want to ask a couple questions that I saw scrolling, but I have a couple of my own uh, class before we Let's go. Uh, and anybody could chime in on this one if you want. What's the last movie anybody's seen?
1: Uh, I just watched the new Netflix show with Charlize Theron. Uh, the I Old just Star. watched it, Old Guard. Yeah. I God, just you guys watched are this the same person.
0: How odd is that?
1: Yeah. I-, I watched it this week. Yeah.
0: I watched. I-, I-, I thought I- it could have been better. Ah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't hold a lot of weight to Netflix movie. There, it's mostly like ah, I got some time to kill. Let me see if there's any Netflix movie. I thought it was entertaining. I mean, I told my wife to watch it. Oh, yeah, He's it was definitely Charlotte entertaining. Fan. But it but, wasn't as good as the Ryan Reynolds one,
1: but that was also done by Michael Bay.
0: No, the Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds one was really good. Um, that, but that
1: uh, one had that one had way more budget, obviously.
0: Yeah, no, it was good. No, it was yeah. good. It was the thing, the old guard. I can't believe you just said that. because I ended up working through the night. I pulled an all-nighter because we're trying to prep for the... Um, True estate event? Yes, and there's a lot of logistics involved. And instead of waiting to the last minute, I just pounded it all out. Once I get going like that, It's really funny, man. I I, I Just old-fashioned. Because it was a lot of moving parts, and I just couldn't do it on a computer screen. I had to actually get paper and lie them out on the table and wrote on a notebook. I literally wrote, I mean, seriously, this was my paperwork from last night. I wrote all my notes on a notebook, old-fashioned, old-fashioned. And then I'm going to have Matt Briggs translated to an Excel spreadsheet. But um, I got them done. I got all the packages done. And it was like four 4.30 in the morning. I'm not going to bed. And I ended up watching that movie. It's so odd. I don't know if, I, if it's, I'm like elated or surprised. Or it kind of freaks me out that we both watched the same movie last
2: You guys have very similar taste in in that respect with entertainment.
0: Yes, with entertainment we do. Yeah. How about you, How about you, Coop? What's the last movie you saw?
2: I uh, watched that movie
4: Euro Eurovision.
0: Oh, with um, yeah, with Will Ferrell, yeah. On Netflix. Yeah,
4: um, I've always been fascinated by that uh, that that contest they do every year, so I, I it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Actually, <laughs> um, it was enjoyable. Uh, it's typical, you know, that slapstick Will Ferrell type of comedy you're going to get with that. So yeah. it was worth che- it's worth checking out. I mean, if, if you have Netflix, check it out. Is what I'll say. Claude, like, what's the last
1: well, movie you watched?
3: Um, I it was a couple of weeks ago or like a week something ago. I think it was a uh, called Hacksaw Ridge The world oh, okay. war 2 movie. Really? Yeah, yeah.
2: Hacksaw Hacksaw oh, Ridge. yeah, I think I saw that. Oh, that's yeah. an oldie. That's
3: yeah an oldie. Uh, About um, about the first I think it's called conscious objector or conscious um,
4: Conscientious
3: objector, objector that yep. uh, doesn't want to touch uh, weapons guns and he uh, was the first person to get uh, I forget what the medal is called I uh, <laughs> but um it was very inspiring you know and really i think what really caught me was just his will to keep on going in in hard times you know and he he never gave up on what he believed on and he pulled through through everybody fighting him uh on this idea of being a conscious objector and i mean he saved so many people just because of his own will and believing in what he believes so Hmm. very very impressive movie I love I love those movies that are based on real life events. You yeah, know, me
0: too. I love real that. life events. Movies always get an extra point. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm like rating, if they're yeah. based on a true story, it always gives it a little extra. Like if you ask me to compare movies and they're both great movies, but one's based on a true story, that gets a little higher rating. Gets a little bit higher. Yeah. How about you, Paul? I
2: don't, uh, I, I hate telling you.
0: It, it's that. a Disney movie. It, it is so a Disney
2: movie, but it's not like a kiddie movie. <laughs> Last night it's the unanimated
0: Lion King. Is that so? My
2: that is a great one. My wife's uh, my wife has a half sister that is younger, so she's twelve, and she never saw Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. And we we put it on last night. I watched the whole thing. She was done after about twenty minutes. She she walked away and went on her computer. (laughs) But uh, but I watched that last night. I love that movie. I think it's that and Swiss Family Robinson are some of my favorite live action classic Disney movies. They're amazing. So. I can watch Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea a million times. It's also one of the few books that I've ever read twice. Is Absolutely. is by Jules Verne. It's an amazing book, and I'm not a huge book guy. One of one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life is Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Very readable, but still, just it's like you're in the action with that, with that, with that uh, that one. So yeah, I watch Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. The, dude, the technology. Whew, it is rough watching the special effects of right? that movie.
0: Right, You know I, th- that happens to me a lot. Like I remember growing up watching a movie, and I was like, "That was an that was awesome. awesome movie." And then you like, you tell somebody about it, and then you watch it like twenty years later, like oh, that movie sucks. Mm-hmm. When I was it a kid, well. that amazing, that giant squid was so cool, and she <laughs> she
2: came in when it was on because she had already been off the movie for a while. And she's like, "What the hell is that? Is that some kid doing that on YouTube?" I'm like, "Wow, all right." <laughs> I, I watched Yellow Submarine by the
4: Beatles, like. Uh, recently, and the animation sober? there is like... sober.
2: You're <laughs> not supposed to watch that. That's why. That's that was bad <laughs> when an- I was a teenager. <laughs> <That's expensive. laughs> yeah.
4: but the animation is like as crude as you can get. It's like it's like oh, yeah. basic is like basic. That's when they still drew out all the animation by hand.
2: Well, I think they they didn't do it. I think they did it in Korea still, though. It was it was not. Uh, <laughs> it was that wasn't like a high budget one. There, no. there, there were probably five year olds drawing for them.
0: <laughs> All right. Before we go to the insane asylum, I got one question because I have been writing down the KMA. I got somebody complained because their questions weren't able to be asked. Can I guess who? No, I, I don't remember who it was. But the, I know the who show it was. would have been better if they could ask Steve Soccer questions. Of course, I was slurring down Bloody Mary's. I wasn't paying attention to anything on the screen. So Well, so I Brian to... that was Brian's job. Come well, on. Brian was in a different room, so how could he communicate? So yeah. But <laughs> I did see one. So, Claus, I'm going to ask you this question, right? You walk into a store, you need a cigar, There's, they don't carry Davidoff. What do you smoke? Uh,
3: I I enjoy everything. I, You can't limit yourselves. But normally what I do is something that I've learned uh, from just visiting so many retail stores. I look at the stash of empty boxes in the corner. And I try to see uh, what sells the most in, in a particular store. And then I, I, it, it gives me a good idea by looking at the humidor and then looking at the stash of empty boxes on the corner before they throw them out of what's been selling. So I like to go that route. So normally I ask the retailer to, uh, was the, your, the cigar you, sm- you enjoy the most, what's the cigar that you sell the most? And then I go for that cigar. So I, I don't have a specific one. I always, uh, branch out to new
0: cigars. You're good. You're good, Clyde. You're good, doesn't it? Yeah. Good. Very Very diplomatic of you. There will be no demotions next week.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, but you always have to stay open-minded, and you always have to try what's new. Oh, I
0: wanted an answer. I was looking for a brand. (laughs) I was looking for a brand.
3: Uh, I don't don't have one. All right. Um, All
0: right. All right. See, just to show you that I could throw a curveball right back. Okay. What's the last non-Davidoff cigar you smoked?
3: Uh-huh. It was uh, three days ago. Um, um, personal uh, stash of uh, Hirochi Hirono, a Cuban. Oh,
0: yeah. So oh, he he still gets away with it. Yep. This guy's yeah. good. So ah, was, this guy's good.
3: I was at an event in Brazil uh, with him. A great event with our our distributors there. We just opened up that market again, and uh, he was there. We were the two guests of honor for the event, and. Gotcha. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time with him, and he gave me one of those cigars, and I had been holding on for it for a while, and
0: I decided to go for that one. We, okay. We've had it on GMA, right, Paul? Yes, we have.
1: It was I, before I, Paul's time. It, it yeah, was that know. long ago. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's when we had a good producer who actually got guests. Have, oh, that's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I was able to get guests easily.
1: Anyway, let's see this week who belongs in a cigar. Insane asylum.
0: <laughs> All right, let's see who.
1: It, comes the it really doesn't.
0: Oh, you got it?
2: Yeah, I have it. Well, hold on.
0: Asylum. Of course not. start it again.
2: Hold on. Here it goes.
0: Welcome to the Cigar Asylum. Oh, they're
2: Did you know I'm utterly insane? Uh, We
0: all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. Go ahead. All right. This week. Let's see. This week's inductee has taken his desire to be famous social media star to the extreme. He liked it so much, he decided that this was his chance to become TikTok famous. Kevin Wise decided to jump into a fish tank in front of customers and take a leisurely swim across the other side. What kind of fish tank is this that he's taking a swim in?
2: It's a big, giant fish tank.
0: A customer standing by caught the footage of Wise jumping, Wise swimming through the aquarium in the middle of a retail location. The guy was shouting and celebrating that he was doing something that everyone always wanted to do. He jumped out of the tank, leaving his mask and hat behind, ran through the store and out the door. His shoes were squeaking with every step. The video of Wise has since garnered 269,000 views. Just before his dive, Wise posted a video to his TikTok account in which he told followers of his intent to go swimming in the tank. Urging his audience to help him go viral. Why is this He's posted several videos related to the Bass Pro Shop swimming incident, including one of him claiming to have lost his job because of the prank. He was also this arrested. This is it. This is the guy's insane asylum. He swam into a tank and yeah. This is why we gotta get this stuff before nine thirty AM on Friday. Funny one. <laughs> Did a guy this is an insane asylum. Is the guy you're so lucky we don't do this show in person anymore? <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. I thought maybe there were piranhas in there or whatever. guy took a fishing take. Big, big deal. Groupers. You guys see the video. It's huge. Get out of here.
2: Weak <laughs> sauce. Weak do you know, sauce. Do you know how hard so it is to find sauce. a non COVID related funny story that's relevant that happened within the don't last worry. week? Because I don't worry. like to take old ones.
0: We'll just ask Brian to do it next week. He sees <laughs> another <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who do we got on next week?
1: Next week is uh, Risty from JSK Cigars. Oh, uh, is, he he ha- 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 is he gonna hack the internet again? Absolutely.
0: Risty, Risty, Risty of JSK Cigars, the most watched interview guest on any social media platform in America.
1: Absolutely, we'll have a lot of fun. See what he's doing up in Illinois, and uh, see if he's having a good time.
0: I, I love think. him. I, I, I like. Him, I like him coming on. He's he's an exciting guy, an interesting guy to talk to. I yeah, have just... a question for him
4: next week, actually.
0: What's oh. the question?
4: Why did he stop sending Aaron Loomis press releases?
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I must... do. I have
4: that question for him.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Must be something afoot. Yeah, uh, we're I... gonna find <laughs> that out. I... <laughs> I like it, Coop. Look, investigate.
4: Yeah. No not... I'm gonna ask. I want to ask the question. Yep. There, there we, we
0: go. go. Yep. Boss, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you. your time on a Saturday morning to come on KMA Talk Radio. It was awesome hearing the history and the stories and and the great work you're doing over there. So keep it up, my friend.
3: Thank you so much, Abe. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. Whenever we can start hanging out again.
0: Yeah. yeah. We'll have a start We'll have a Davidoff off 702 together.
3: Yep. And hopefully also in the Dominican Republic. You know, come visit us in, in the farms. Come. I mean, we're I doing so, we're doing we're updating so much things due to the situation and everything. So it, it's just I, I'm sure it's a different and also great experience next time you come down
1: yeah absolutely klaus thank you for being here it's been a pleasure thank you we hope to see you again soon coop thank you as always we will talk to you next week and as always ladies and gentlemen keep it lit